Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live.
simple solutions dealing well, with the Convention of States and other measures. Well, I was talking to a guy tonight, I mean this afternoon. I finally eat lunch about 3 o'clock. You know, life of a truck driver. <laughs> and we were talking about that. And I said, it's our own fault, the shape of the country. We forgot where this country came from. And, and we got to talking about how to fix things. And I know you may have some different views than I do. And the stuff I'm learning about the common law, because under Article 7, we are a common law country. And yes, I said Article 7. See, the public knows it as the Seventh Amendment. But back in the day, the Constitution, it was called Articles. And that is your Bill of Rights. And there's one little thing that people talk about. Now, this is just my view on how to fix the country is if the people took the time and really understand and learn the legal apparatus, guess what? It wouldn't take a long time to fix it. you got to remember, these people in office are just men. I said earlier, I said if, if voting mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. And you have to admit, there is some truth in that. But Article... Article 7, in suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no facts tried by jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. That is, suits at common law and exceed $20. There's a key phrase right there. That means what we call it today, civil cases. Because the Sixth Amendment specifically deals with criminal proceedings. What I've been learning recently is lawyers, because they are legal fictions, and most people say, no, they're not. They're real persons. They don't understand. A legal Fiction is totally different. It is a person acting in behest of a, of a position. They are state actors. Okay. The Sixth Amendment is dealing with your right to a jury trial if you're in criminal proceedings. But the reason why I go into that is the word under being a man or woman, a free person, <clears throat> a you, that is the only person that can file a claim. There is a totally legally distinct difference between a complaint and or a petition, which government files petitions, like Connie talks about family court in her show. And that would be like a neglect petition. If you have a complaint against a government official, you talk about I need to file a civil complaint, okay? Or the police down the street files a criminal complaint. But under common law, no, you file a claim. 
if you or your person, and yes, I said that correctly, you as a man, Eric, if you have been damaged or harmed and your legal person, which is everything you have in your back pocket that you call a wallet, that goes back to the 1871 Washington, D.C. Organic Act, which we, which we talked about that one day, what, about a month ago? Uh, the corporate you, there is a distinct difference, okay? When you file a complaint, you are lowering your status to less than a man in the eyes of the court. A man, a free man, can, can file a claim for damages or hurt or injuries upon your person. See the, see the language there? See, persons can only be injured. A man can be damaged or harmed. So if we take all that and start going after, now there's a, it's a lot bigger than that, and in my show I'm going to be examining this on a regular basis because I'm learning from other people um, that are discussing this. But if you take and start filing claims for damages or injuries to your person against these political figures, judges, attorneys, whatever, and they start going to jail for their damages or getting sued, it will not take long for people to straighten up. They get away with it because nobody does nothing. So, sorry about the rant. <laughs> so, go no. ahead with your thoughts. No, that's important. No, that's very important because... That's why, you know, so many states still decided to stay as a commonwealth to stay close to Article 7 to help well, alter their state rights as well. Well, actually speaking, every state is a commonwealth state. Every – see, I had a talk with a guy the other day because I went and looked at his claim that he filed. His name is Carl Lentz and he uh, does his own show part-time, because he's also a truck driver. Um, it's called The Uncommon Law. <clears throat> and, and on his website, and you should go look at it, it's Broad Mind, like broad as in wide, broadmind.org. On the documents page, he's got his claim. He filed a one-page claim. And it is absolutely fascinating because I made the same mistake we all made. I spent over three years studying law, reading court cases, know that they've done me wrong in our situation, done my family wrong. So, right. so I did the same thing that he didn't do. We cite cases, we cite statutes, codes, stuff like that. But one of the things he talks about in his show is if you really look at it and you look at the websites where they put all the laws at, what does it say? It's copywritten. You're using copywritten material that you think you understand, and what do they do? They slaughter you in court. He said, you get away from that. He said, you go in as a man. And I'm going to load is I'm going to load 
his uh his actual claim. Let's see. Some people read it and it says it makes them sound stupid. No, because you don't understand the logic of it. It says federal court at at district court of the United States for Middle Alabama. That keyword at is big difference, okay? What we don't understand is when you file a claim and you put everybody's seen court documents where you've got the header at the top and like I'll use an example, it'll say United States District Court, Northern District, Albany. That is the corporate court. That is the civil court. That is the corporate America where you have very little rights. Okay? What he did under his caption was he put I, a man, underneath the prosecutor. And in his claim, his claim, he says, I require a court of record trial by jury. Claim trespass in brackets forgery. I, a man, claim the said wrongdoers trespass upon my property. The causal agent of the trespass comes by way of its use of a forged instrument. The trespass did and does harm and injury to my property. The commencement of the wrong and harm began on August 14, 2001. The wrong and harm continues to this day, May 25, 2013. I require compensation for the initial and continual trespass upon my property, compensation due $371,520,000. I say here I will verify in open court that all herein be true. Now, that is his claim for damages because what happened in his case in uh, 2001, he didn't want to do the he, his son was born premature in Alabama, two months premature with Down syndrome. The Department of Health and Human Services, whatever they call down there, comes in, says, you need to sign the birth ticket. He said, I will not title my property. Oh, my God, he called his kid property. You'll understand here in a minute. Um, he said, I will not title my property inside this state. Okay. When I get home to Virginia, he said, I will fill out all the paperwork there. They said, no, this is how we do it. You're going to do it. If you don't, we're going to take your kid. He said, if you touch my kid, I will sue you. And he spent a buku amount of money. His wife paid for nine attorneys. He paid for eight attorneys. And before he and he, he moved into a storage building, Okay where he worked two jobs to pay for the storage building, his food, and attorneys. That was it. He had no bills. And before he realized, after six years, he said, they're not doing nothing for us. Nobody can find out why we're going through this. The minute he filed his claim in court, this is before the damages. This, is about, this claim I just read was about damages. But when he filed his other claim against his property, guess what? He got his kid back, and they got it back quick. That's what I'm saying. When you go in there as a person, I mean, as a human being, as a man, results will happen. He talks about it on this show. He's helped people in Canada, helped people in Europe, Australia, 
And he said the same thing. He said all those countries are code countries. They don't have common law. They are code-based. You have to follow the law or the statute or code. Here, we're still a common law country. And he says, which, which you know it, that is what you're getting at when you say things you need to fix. They're going to, they're trying to do away with the Constitution to turn this into a code country. Once we become a full code country, where state codes and federal codes, which are not laws, there's a difference between legal and lawful. Remember, Hitler made it legal to kill all those people. That didn't make it lawful. There is a difference. It's once we go to a, become a code country, we'll have no rights. Right? I believe that. Well, that's why there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes with the UN. You know, I try to tell people, of course not, our soldiers would never fire upon their citizens, but the UN, they don't have an oath like that. They follow the orders of the UN, Secretary General. So people need to be aware of that. And a lot of people don't think that could happen. And, uh, I have a feeling it could happen. I pray that it doesn't. They'd have, they'd have a hell of a fight on their hands. So, that yeah, they you will. Know, you know, they deal with a lot of that. That that is correct. Um, by the way, anybody listening online, if you would like to, please call. If you have a comment or just want to listen on the phone, the number is five one six four five three nine one two eight. And if you have a comment. Press one. And Eric, I have to say, the more I learn, I did reach a point, and this is where I can't get my wife to understand. She thinks I enjoy learning this stuff because I do get excited. When you learn what your rights really are, let me backtrack a second. I don't remember the Supreme Court justice that said it but I'm going to quote, there was two of them. They had two different quotes. The first one was that if you do not demand your rights, you have none. The second one said that every federal inmate put themselves there. And when that last statement, people would think, yeah, they put themselves there because they committed crimes. No, that's not what he meant. Most everyone in prison is, is it don't matter state level or federal level are there not for violating laws they're in, they're there because they violated codes they didn't harm or damage or injure a man or person it's nonviolent slave camps the other the, the other one that said if you don't demand your rights you have none well, they because they know the average American citizen does not even know what their rights are. Because of all the um, all the horrible resolutions and bills passed in the past, you know, it's it's that's where 
the year marks come from on all of our resolutions and all our house bills. All those little bitty um, chipping away at the Constitution and state rights and the Bill of Rights. No, that's where I'm going to disagree with you. That's where I'm going to disagree with you. The way he puts it is he could care less about what laws and codes they pass. They don't affect him. This man's got a rap sheet a mile long, and I ain't talking about for committing crimes. One story was he got a ticket in Virginia for driving backwards. Yes, in in Virginia, it is against the Virginia Code. I stress the word code to drive backwards. It's it's illegal, okay? But it's not against the law. So he goes to court, and he goes in there as a man, not as a defendant, but as a man, okay? And he took the law with him, the public law. The public law is what all the codes are based on. Come to find out, Thomas... No, Thompson Reuters is the big legal company that writes all our codes based on the public law. They're not even in this country. They're in Canada. So they have some people in Canada that's already under a code-based system that comes over here and looks at our public law and says, let's write a code. And the code leaves out all the finer points of law. So he off the code with the law. I don't remember the, the code number or nothing like that, but he goes into court and tries to hand it to the prosecutor and the judge. They won't take it. And the judge says, I'll read it from the website. What? Do you think I'm lying? you think I'm committing fraud upon the court? you think I'm doing that? Oh, no, no, no. I'll just read it from the... I'll just read it from here. So he reads the code and he says, calls the judge by name. You don't call him your honor. You call him by name because then he knows you're speaking to him as a man. Okay? He said, you're reading the code. Read what's under it. That's the law. And it goes through the law and says it's only, paraphrasing, because it's a lot longer than this, he said it's only illegal to drive backwards if you do damage or harm or injury to a person, then it's illegal. And he looked at it and he said, well, I didn't know that. You didn't do none of that. Dismiss the case. The corporate courts have no authority over man except by corrupt force, like Erwin Schiff, for example. He's not in prison for not paying taxes or violating tax law. He's in prison because the judge told him, do not publish your book. If you do publish your book, I will put you in prison. What was his book about? How illegal the IRS tax system is. He was right on everything in his book. That's what I'm saying. The average person does not know. They accept their slavery. And actually will defend it. They love it. Yeah. I agree. Totally agree. Because, you know, just by the IRS, 
for example, it's it's total slavery that we fought against in the beginning. The Stamp Act, the Sugar Act, the Tobacco Act, and on and on and on. They said, that's it. We're done. All the arms. <clears throat> well, you, re- you remember the whole that's deal with Lover's Learner, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I watched all that. Now, a subcommittee and an oversight committee. Did it stop? Did the did Congress stop it though? No, I don't know. No, they got up there, put on a show to make the people think they're doing something. And I had a conversation with my pastor today. Now, when did that Lois Lerner stuff start? Wasn't it around two thousand eight? Mm, maybe earlier. It might have been about six or seven. Yeah. Well, my pastor just informed me just a couple days ago that the IRS has been harassing him since 2008, saying he owes all this money, and he is meticulous on on receipts for the church. He sent all the receipts to the church to some law firm in New York. They went over everything and come back and told him, you don't owe that money. They are robbing you. That this IRS agent is lying. And according to my pastor, my pastor asked him why he was doing what he's doing. He said, and according to what my pastor said, it was because he was a nonprofit organization, which happens to be a Christian conservative church. Yeah, times 500 at least. Probably times 3,000 cases. Mm-hmm. They haven't Looking stopped. Looking for that same... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're still going. Mm-hmm. They're still going. It's like the Engelbrecht case that we talked about. I watched her. She was trying to get the... Um, what is it? The 503... 501c3? 501c3 and... Thanks to Gowdy and some of the others, they got her to Washington for this oversight committee. And they went through the IRS thing. Her lawyers looked at everything. They're fine. So they sent the FBI, the ATF, OSHA. And every time they would show up, the IRS agents are there with them. They were parked across the street monitoring her business and her home. They would just show up. Well, we're here to check this today. You know, it's all on record, and I've watched every bit of it, and I still don't know what became of that case. I really don't. Well, but it's um, it's still an open case, and we got to make sure we stay on top of it. Oh yeah, well, you heard of Chuck Baldwin, hadn't you? Chuck Baldwin. Chuck Baldwin. Yes. Well, it depends. Depends on a case. Is it a case? No. Um, his church is Liberty Church, okay? And you should go to his other website, libertychurchproject.com. He is legally teaching pastors how to convert their church from a 501c3 to 
a non-501c3 legally. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm interested in that. Yes. It is completely, it is completely, totally legal. They say the government is, they lie, right? But what happens? The government comes in, says, oh, because you're a church, that makes you a nonprofit organization, so you don't have to pay taxes. You need to fill out this paper. Churches were never taxed through the founding of this country which also we know neither were the people who kept your money, okay? So they tricked the people in 1954 under, what was it, the World Council of Churches, which was Rockefeller-funded, to, and they had the top people at the churches come in, and some may have been good, some may have been on the inside, but said, hey, yeah, we need to do this. No, they didn't. But, you see where it's got us. Then the church was told what you can and cannot talk about. And you're going to find the more the Christian community wakes up to what's going on and where we are in today's times, the more force is going to come against us as Christians and as Americans as we wake up to the oppression. Exactly. It's That's just... And that's just a few things that they're laying on our shoulders as we go along, year after year after year. You know, a lot of people don't understand. It's not just taxes; it's fees, fines, levies, and now they use user fees because they think they're a charge card company now. So, and it goes across the corporate world as well. No matter what size your corporation, LLCs have a, a whole lot of stuff coming towards them in the next year that will go into effect in either 2017 and 2018. And I've been trying to reach out to owner-operators, you know, in the trucking industry to let them know, like, hey, this stuff is coming, not just the EPA, but more taxes, more fuel tax, and everything, and we can arrest it. You know, if you get somebody like me in there, we're going to shut it down. We're going to shut yep. everything down. And if I find out what's true about this man and uh, his cabinet, it'll be very simple for nullification for almost everything that he's done. You won't have to go through Congress. They will have to approve some things. But if they wish to fight and, and keep on some of this stuff because of the little earmarks that they keep putting on to benefit them, you know, and deep in their pockets and had their pockets in the, in the lobby system, <clears throat> we'll just go to the state convention. And we'll override everybody with the yep. state convention and this president. People don't understand how strong we are with the state convention, and we got to make sure we push for it. I will sign off everything that they want to push on. I have ideas for the state convention myself, you know, ideas, proposals to protect us in the future from the, now on. Mm-hmm. It just has to be done. Yes, it is. yes it does. And anyone listening, this is Reach Out America, Voice of the People, and the call-in number is five one six four five three nine one two eight. If you have a comment, press one. 
or if you just want to listen, that'll be fine. And I have as my guest presidential candidate Eric Moore, and we're just talking about different scenarios on what it would take to turn the country around. And one of those things which always stays in the forefront of my mind is what the Bible says. Where the Spirit of God is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You don't know why we're losing our liberty? The Spirit of the Lord is leaving his country. And that's what people don't seem to get. This country was never 100% Christian. A uh, great website, Eric, that you might be interested in. If you go to on a Google search and you do uh, Bible Bible Law Course, okay, it will. What is it? It will bring. It will the first two or three links is to a website where they have 16 lessons. And the 16 lessons where they go over all the documentation and show how the Bible actually was used to form the Constitution. People say, well, this is not a Christian country. Well, yes and no. No nation is ever a religious nation. So you can't say the nation itself is Christian. It's the people in it. But if you go back through history, was there ever a nation that 100% followed God? No. You had, a, you had the masses of the people, the mass throughout history in any empire, which we are an empire today, or we're the same. It don't matter in today's time. Use today's time. Look at the masses of people in any group. Right now, the big group that everybody loves to hate, Muslims. Are all Muslims bad? No. I have family that served in Iraq, Afghanistan. I have friends that's been there. The masses of the people just want to be left alone. Same here. The average family here just wants to take care of their families and want to be left alone. But you've got a small group of people on one side of good and a small group of people on the other side that are evil that are doing war. A lot of people don't realize this country is already at war. Oh, yeah, we are. Russia's the enemy. No, they're not. As Russia, is Russia shooting our people? Is Russia putting... Nonviolent people in prisons? Is Russia stealing your money like the government is through taxation and inflation? I don't think Russia is the problem. It's our government by funding radical Islam, by giving them weapons and money and emboldening them. It It's... It's the small group, the minority on one side that's good, that's no longer, that's slowly becoming not good. But they're more like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They think they're righteous. And the whole time, what are they doing? Keeping the pews warm, 
saying, oh, God, you're going to help us. We ain't worried about it. While they watch their fellow man being destroyed. Exactly. <clears throat> and that's what I, I'm a born-again Christian, and I've been a Christian all my life. But, you know, when you come to that point in your life, that you give your whole life to Christ, and, and there's a total revelation in your life if you pay attention. And you you become this intimate person, this intimate friend with Jesus Christ that the things that he shows you are so amazing that he helps you at the same time look back on your life and how it led to where you're at at that very moment in time with your life experiences, your storms, the trials, death of uh, loved ones and, and, and friends and all the things that you've faced in your life. And a lot of people don't understand that the founding fathers, they went through that struggle too. They went through the struggles with, no, we're not a Christian nation, but we are based on Christian values because of our faith. Does that mean everyone that comes here has to be a Christian? No, we don't want that. We have friends at that time, at the founding, even when the Puritans here and the Pilgrims, there were atheists here as well, or believed in just in a creation, or the creator, which was the common denominator between the Pilgrims and the Puritans and our Native Americans. It was just that small connection that turned a lot of things around where we had a good relation with Native Americans. And so they kept building upon that. You know, then we got down to the founding fathers and said, yes, we must push, on, push ahead with that to give the people a governing base to those that come here, like the huddled masses, the, the poor that are seeking refuge from religious persecution, that they have a safe haven here. They're safe here, no matter what their beliefs or what they don't believe in. You have opportunities like you've never known before in your life when you come to America. And people lost sight of that. And then today, all they see is it's the land of free everything. It's not the land of the free. It's the land of the freeloaders like you hear everybody talk about. And if we don't return to what the founding fathers put in place, I like to say old school, but we will lose this country. Everybody thinks this country's unsinkable, but it's not. Well, they thought the same thing about the Titanic. We see what happened. Exactly. Exactly. And we're headed for a reef. You know, I try to explain this to people. The, the reef ahead goes from horizon to horizon. It's the biggest, nastiest reef. The, the, the beautiful ship America has ever faced. <clears throat> I have a way to change course. You know, the, the America was built to be a sailing ship, to sail all seas, all oceans at will, mm-hmm. to promote peace, not to promote war or to promote invasion <clears throat> or to conquer a nation. But the way we're headed, you know, once we hit that reef, we might last a little while. Then the storms will come in, and, and she'll break apart. There will be nothing left. Well, 
a lot a lot of people have this attitude that it won't happen here. Uh, yes, it will. Because, one, the reason it will happen here is you're going to have people in power that crave that power and want to dominate the masses like our present, I don't know what to call him, oh, blah, blah. <laughs> he, look, a lot of people had a very good reason for making a big deal about Jade Helm 15. That was something new. Now, was it something like some people claim, oh, it was martial law? No, this is nuts. But one of the things, it was a psychological operation to see if the American people would put up with military on the street. One of the things I know is a lot of military is not going to go against the people. Okay? But it don't matter. Like you said, the UN. The Obama in his first term made agreements with 15 nations to use their troops on our soil to stop civil unrest. That is under the banner of NATO. What is most of our military uh, doing things under now? Not under the Army, not under the Navy, not under the Marines, not under the Air Force under the banner of NATO. What was the general's name that was the DOD, Department of Defense? I don't remember his name, but he got up in front of Congress and said that he takes his orders from the United Nations. Uh, Wait a minute. Was it O'Nero? Huh? It wasn't Petraeus. It was O'Nero or... It wasn't... No, it wasn't. It wasn't Petraeus. That's that's true. He and Congress looked at him and said, "Do what?" And they don't care because we have we are a conquered nation. We just don't know it yet. Uh, I, I I tell people this every so often. <clears throat> There's a big article that come out. And I think it even hit the mainstream news that all our military hardware has has back doors put into the microchips. Who makes those microchips? China. And as soon as it hit the news, China spoke up real quick-like and said, hold up, we were told to put those in there. Now, why would you be told to put them in there unless somebody is planning to bring this country down? Why do you put back doors in a computer like Microsoft does so that way outside forces have access to everything you're doing, like the PRISM program where the NSA spies on everything you do and everything you say? I had a friend of mine one time. She's a good Christian lady. We've been friends for a long time, and she she said 
you know, the stuff you know and the stuff you're talking about, she said, you know when everything goes bad, you're going to have a target on your back. I said, and? <clears throat> I don't care. I answer to God. I don't answer to man. I said, do you think I really care what they think? They already know. And the average person, it's it's self-censoring. They 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 say no, can't do that. Government might get me, or whatever their excuse may be. Well, once you get to where you're self-censoring, they've already got you. That's why I always say hello to them. Hello, NSA. <laughs> how are you? Because <laughs> I know well, after the. Always- after the cease and desist letter I sent to the New York State uh, Secretary of New York State Secretary of State's office the other day, I got a feeling they probably listened to me too. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. And wait till the next that we go to. You know. Yeah, wait till the next letter I send them requiring they, their oath, and if they have a bond, I'm going to require that too. They're going to know what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to take common law. That's what I tell people. You know, if you get somebody like (laughs) in the White House, I have, you know, I don't have colleagues and and golf buddies over there in the Senate or over there in the House. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say about me in the media because I don't even watch media anymore. You can say whatever you want. You can attack me. But I'm going to tell you, you better get your game straight if I do get there. Yep. Because we're going to have the most historical State of the Union ever in the history of this country. And I'll tell you more about this offline, but because there's going to be massive um, legislation involved just in that one night. And yep. so, well, we have to dollar. It just has to be done. Oh, there's a lot of things that have to be done, but we have a caller that wants to comment from the 254 area code. Hello, who is that? Micah from Waco, Texas. How you doing, hey, Micah, sir? how you doing? How are you, uh, Mr. Mr. Eric? <laughs> and, uh, I've been trying to reach you, man. I've been busy as heck, but I've been trying to leave right. your messages. Well, it's getting... Uh, it's kind of getting ridiculous around this area still. You know, they're still dealing with that fallout from that uh, that little melee they had a few months ago in the Waco area. You know, I mean, they're they're. I mean, I tell you what, it's ridiculous. And uh, and you got other people like, oh no, it ain't no big deal. You know, yeah. Well, to me, that's you know, there's something going on, and uh, and they're trying to throw it all under the rug. Hey, that well, Waco thing. Hi there, Mike. Mike How you doing? My friend from Texas. How you and, doing, uh, Mike? He's down there in the middle of that mess down in Waco. Well, but I'll say it. But he's got so much going on. No, not involved. We just we got, you know, we got uh, we got problems in our state. You know, uh, we got these illegals coming in, uh, you know, left and right, and it's like, you know, hey, we need some. You know, I mean, I, you know, how do you get how do you get them out of here? And keep them from coming back. You know. That's that's one big problem. You we can't. Got, and uh, you know, and I got a, I got a, you know, I got an ex-wife from a few years ago, 
she's blind to it. She could care less, you know. And uh, and a lot of her, and the thing is, she's uh, she's part of the she's part of this problem. She's part of that Democrat party, you know, that are allowing this to happen to our country, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever whatever's going on. It's like we need to go in. We need to get that house cleaned out. Well, in, it's up, it's up not. DC. It's not just the Democrat party. It's also the Republican Party. Look at Boehner, how he really yes. has real close ties with Oblabla. A lot of the same people that control the president control most of Congress. But, you know, the Waco thing, yes. I, I knew things stunk about that before. I'm, who was it? Was it Keeper the other, the other week had a guest on his show? I don't remember who it was, but this lady is running some group. On where she brought out a lot of evidence that I didn't know. But after her interview, I was absolutely blown away. I knew it was staged, that those people that got shot were shot by police guns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what they're oh, saying yeah, now, I remember that show. I remember what you're talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, from what they're saying now, those uh, the, the bullets the police get now... They are, uh, they are supposedly, uh, you know, they're they're chipped now and all that other good stuff, and you know they can trace them back to where they, you know, where they what weapons they come from now. They're all laser coated now, supposedly. So it shows you how bad hey, the ammo is getting. You want to know about chips? My wife just the other day bought went shopping for a Keurig, right? Are you familiar mm-hmm. with what a Keurig is, right? Well, uh, not not all things. The, it's that single serving coffee maker that you put the little plastic cups in, close the lid, and you make you a cup of coffee right there. You don't have to make a coffee pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. I will give you that because, you know, if I go to my, my dad's house, they have one. They don't have a coffee pot, and I can just make the coffee as I want it. But <clears throat> about six months ago, I was listening to, to Alex Jones, and he said that the Keurigs, we're going to the next version of them coming out was going to have the NFC chip, which all the phones are coming out with it. My headset has an NFC chip. If I have one of the new iPhones and I just want to pair my headset with my phone, I just bring them close together and it reads the chips between each other and pairs it. Well, my wife went to go buy the Keurig machine because she wanted one because she don't never get to drink a pot of coffee because, you know, taking care of the kids and everything else, her coffee might get cold, so she'll just go fix a cup. So almost every single Keurig on the shelf was the Keurig 2.0. You cannot use an aftermarket cup that goes in the little spot. You can only use Keurig's cups, which means what? They just hmm. lock down the market to where you have to use their stuff with that little chip. You're talking about chipping. Hmm. They're putting chips in everything. And I know there was an NBC there was an NBC story where they said by twenty seventeen the people are gonna be chipped. You ain't chipping me. Well right. I know all... they keep talking about it, don't they? Yeah. If we believe uh, let's all we'll hope we're all called up before it happens. But I tell you what, it's kind of it's it's uh, uh interesting times we're living in. We are in the last 
we are in the last days, and I believe that. And I know normally a lot of people don't talk about religious stuff, but I do believe that we are in the last days. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. You know, I've been feeling it. You know, it's just it makes absolutely you know, no sense. And so many people agree with that. And I say, you know, and I tell them, I go, hey, you keep telling me you're a Christian, and we're supposed to be Christian soldiers for Jesus Christ, okay? And you are not here to convert people. You are not here to be righteous and look down your nose at others. But you are to reflect the light of Jesus Christ on all those corners of the world. And you start in your community with, with like uh, Ferguson, for instance. You talk about a place that needs Jesus Christ right now. I mean, I grew up there, and it used to have it. They've lost it, and mm-hmm. if you, everyone wants to claim that they're a Christian, but they don't stand up and fight for it, you're going to lose that. Well, you, you know, I part of get true to some of these people about that. It just drives me crazy. Well, you know, part of the reason why, don't you? On what part? Why the Christians, for the primary part, does not. Uh, Speak up? No, because they just leave it in God's hands. Yes and no. Now I don't. I I got a assumption on Micah on where he stands. I don't know where you stand, Eric, and I'm not trying to start a religious argument. I used to believe in a pre-tribulational rapture that God put me in a situation where. I was alone and had a Bible, and God started bringing me everything I needed to study that Bible, word for word. I got a Strong's Concordance, started looking up words so I could get the actual definition. I'm no longer holding to pre-trib. I don't think that is actually a proper teaching, and I don't mean to sound offensive. I got My pastor believes that. We've had discussions about it. But when you take Jesus' words and Paul's words, I ask very logical questions that nobody can answer. Jesus, out of his own mouth, if that Bible's accurate, says, after the tribulation of those days, then he will gather his elect. And one of the excuses I get from that, oh, well, he's talking to the disciples and the elect were the Jews. No. Paul was a virtual genius when it came to the law. That's what we are all taught, right? And it's proven out. Paul explained who the elect were. Everybody before Christ looking towards Christ. Everyone after Christ looking towards Christ, looking back through history towards Christ. Those are all the elect. Those are all what you would call, what we would call Christians, Jews, non-Jews, whatever. Believers in God looking towards Christ. That is all the elect. There is no difference. Paul, in 2 Thessalonians 2, says before Jesus' coming and our gathering together unto him. That word coming is the Greek word parousia, or how do you pronounce it? It's used 22 times in the Bible. 14 of those times are associated with the second coming of Christ. The other, other times are dealing with like Paul says he's coming to a place or whatever. And then he says, our gathering together unto him, which was what 
lot of the church calls the rapture, okay? <clears throat> he said two things have to happen first, the falling away, the Greek word apostasia, where we get the word apostasy or the, or the apostasy of the church that's going to come, which is already here. And the man of sin is revealed, which we call the Antichrist. How is he revealed? Jesus and Paul both tell us. Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, you know, that's in Matthew 24, and Paul says, <clears throat> when the uh, man of sin sits on the throne in the temple of Israel, which will be rebuilt, claims to be God and demands to be worshipped as God, they are both saying the same thing, just giving different details. Now, I can go further in my questions on that, but here's the point. A lot of the church, around the numbers are somewhere around 87% of the church believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. They're taught by their pastors, do not get involved, be separate from the world, which is true to a degree, but do not get involved because Jesus is going to take us away from all this trouble before it starts. No, he's not. We're getting ready to go into the Great Tribulation at the 70th week of Daniel. We are that close to it. All we're waiting for is the peace treaty in Israel. And I honestly think a key figure to bring about that is Obama. Because if you look what he's, if you look at what the Bible says about the Middle East, what is Obama doing? He's funding these radical sects to take over all this strategically positioned countries that are doing what? Surrounding Israel, okay? Not only is it that, but if whoever is in control that is to become the Antichrist when that time comes has control of all those radical sects, Oh, Israel, don't worry. I'll protect you. And he gets them to stand down. And then next thing you know, they're going to allow, it's going to be allowed that the temple will be rebuilt right beside the Dome of the Rock. Mm. Well, you notice, uh, it was uh, my birthday. Uh, I'm a 9-11 baby, as a matter of fact. You notice uh, that uh, I guess or whatever they're building over there right now got struck by lightning. Was that a wake-up call or not? Right. Well, yeah, exactly. we can, <laughs> yeah, we can see that as an act of God. That's that's true, and a lot of them... See, my, them my name that. comes right out of that book. <laughs> so, it's it's like... Uh, and, I, you know, the thing is, it's like me, the way I look at it, I don't ask anybody to bow down before me or nothing. It's like, man, they just... Hey, let me work side by side with you and just, let's get, try to get this, get this country back to... This, peaceful as possible and, you know, get this, get the numb nuts and the rest of his uh, peanuts out of office is the way I look at it. Uh, you know what else is very strange about that? That's all the pay they need. Somebody needs to show up with a trailer load of peanuts for them. That's all their, that's their paycheck. That's all they get. That's all they get. I'm sorry. That's not racist. That's, that's saying it right like it is. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Another thing about that crane story, about that lightning strike, I know a lot of crane operators in the St. Louis area. 
Not one time ever has a crane been knocked over by lightning. Well, it's pretty bizarre in itself. Well, hold that thought. It is time for the break. We're gonna we'll be back in a few minutes. And you are listening to Reach Out America, Voice of the People. And if you would like to call in and comment, the number is 516-453-9128. And my name is Brian Robertson. I'm guest hosting for Bobby. And my show starts Thursday the 24th, The Rights of the Few. So we will be right back. The Expo and Show. Stand there and be aware. Sholo, Arizona, Southwest Shooting Authority, and Liberty for All 3% bring you the next Arms Expo, happening on October 16th through the 18th in Sholo, Arizona. Reach Out America is more than happy to share this information and be vocal in the support of these two organizations standing up for our constitutional rights as humans. Make sure you get to the Expo and Sholo this October. Stand with Southwest Shooting Authority and Liberty for All 3% and get your liberty on. Stand for your rights is guaranteed by the law of the land, the Constitution of these United States. For more information, check out Restoring America's Heritage on Facebook and Liberty for All 3% also on Facebook. Sholo, Arizona is the place to be this October 16th through the 18th. Stand there and be aware. Earth can shake, the sky come down, the mountains all fall to the ground. <coughs> But I will fear none of these things. Shelter me, Lord, underneath your wings. For decades now, in the name of fun, food, and entertainment, conservative Christians and patriots have created a monster. And unknowingly, after we spent billions of hard-earned dollars supporting corporations and sponsors, we now see their plan. They systematically have fought politicians to spread their immoral social agenda, and they have sued in court and have successfully closed down their businesses. I say enough's enough, and let's feed this beast no longer. Feed the beast no more. So join our national boycott. They have targeted right now eight corporations and sponsors of media. If you catch that official list, head over to Pastor Sylvester Bland's page, www.theunitedstatesofamerica.us. Or call 951-360-3399. Send number again, 951-360-3399. Or hit up <coughs> www.unitedstatesofamerica. Like St. Paul, St. Peter, pluralized, Saints. United States of America, U.S. DHHS or Department of Human Services removes a child from a house that they don't try and place that child with close family, whether it's an aunt or an uncle, grandparents, or something like that. See, that's a really good question because they are supposed to do that. The problem, though, is that there's no money in it. Bottom line, there's no money in it. 
and they've actually diluted the language in the federal guidelines. The federal guidelines used to require a diligent search within 30 days of removal to place that child with a family member. They don't get the ticker on the chart for foster care if they take the child and a family member calls up and says, let me take the child. I can give him a good home. There's no money in it. That's why. A lot of people don't even understand this. If you put a child in foster care, they are going into a for-profit industry. They are <coughs> not necessarily going to be in a state foster home. And as a matter of fact, they are fewer and fewer going into state foster care. They are going into Providence. They're going into Omni. They're going into these church-run foster uh, homes. They're going into Agape, the Catholic foster home. So it is an industry. Don't ever forget, child abuse is an industry. It's an industry for the mental health professionals. It is an industry for the private foster homes. It has become an industry for even medical providers because now they can diagnose child abuse as a, as a diagnosis. So it is an industry. And there's yes. no money in taking a child out of a home and placing it in grandma's home or in aunt or uncle's home. For more information, tune in on Mondays for Reach Out America in defense of America's children raising the bar. With your host, Connie, showtimes are 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash WINN. Learn the truth about how law affects the lives of our children. Get involved and be part of the solution. Hi, this is Ernest Lee. Can you find 10 spare minutes a day, six days a week? Do you think restoring our constitutional republic is worth 10 minutes a day to you? If you do, go to thelibertypledge.com and read Common Sense to the Liberty Pledge. Do it today. It's our country and our children's future that's at stake. Thanks. Win World Integrity News Network. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Reach Out America, Voice of the People, and I am guest hosting for Bobby, and my name is Brian Robertson. And my show will start Thursday called The Rights of the Few at 7 o'clock. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. And I have Eric Moore, presidential candidate. I think he's crazy for trying to get that job. And I have Micah. And I just realized I cannot fail. Do you know that? (laughs) When I did the description for the show, I said, Brian Robertson, guest hosting, and I didn't put the S in there. I put hoting. I just figured I'd give y'all a little amusement. So, Micah, <laughs> Eric, y'all, since y'all have some amusement at my, at my point, at my that's no, all right. <laughs> okay, so, they're not perfect. It's all right. Ain't nothing. 
right. You're right. Nobody's perfect. But you know what? It's still great. I tell you what, I found an article somebody shared today. And I thought it was interesting. Now, I will be the first to say, I have not been able to confirm everything this article says. But I just, it is about, and I think I may end up having to save it. Because, uh, but it's talking about how corrupt a certain county is. And I think I may save it because I need to upload an audio file, which I do not have ready to do, so I can play it so y'all can hear it from an FBI agent on this said county. So I will give y'all that little teaser for Thursday's show. And then I will actually go over this article with everybody. But the corruption in this county is absolutely amazing when you read the article. But I really would like to confirm it. The comments are, are outstanding, people commenting and saying what they've been through. So, Eric, I hope you'll be listening because uh, the only thing that stops corruption is bringing it to life. Yep. Hey, hey Brian, can I uh, chime in for a sec? Yes, sir. Can you send me that article or mail that article in to me, to my to my residence, before I have to give it up? Because I can tell you, the county I live in, it's uh, probably on, it may be on that list, along with the county up north of me. McLennan County, Texas. No, this is, county, doesn't, Texas. This does, yeah, this doesn't list a county by county. This is about a specific county and different people in there. Oh. Yeah, but oh, now... I would have a little difficulty mailing it to you. I can, Eric. You know how to get it to him, don't you? Um. Yeah, I should be able to. I'll make but, sure I send you the yeah, link. Yeah, we'll find. We'll, okay. There's well, there's what. <clears throat> now I know that. That certain county that that article is talking about, it's not just that county. It's it's across the board. And the reason why the corruption or lawlessness has gotten so bad is, I said it earlier, nobody gets involved. Nobody gets involved to stop the corruption. They just sit by and let it go on, and as people get away with it, they're going to do more. They're going to they're going to see how far they can go. It's so widespread. It's it's really sad. It's in every state. It's, it's multiple counties, and it's, and it's a cancer on our country. It really is. It is. But you know what? We I will have to give us credit on one thing. Pat on the back, America. We lasted longer than any empire in history before we fell. The average empire only lasted 230 years. We've actually made it almost 240. Mm-hmm. So we can keep going if we if we want to. If we turn things involved. around, yeah. If we, I, if we get back to what made us great, and that is 
protecting each other's rights, and yes, I'm a Christian, and I think without God we'll never do it, but a lot of the liberals, and when you talk about Christianity, oh, my God, they're, they're, they're hated. And it's like, really? You should protect Christianity because if Christians lose their rights, guess what? You do too. But see, that's the thing. Most people can't understand that. They don't realize that they lose theirs also. Yeah. And a lot of them think, well, good, just as long as Christianity is gone, I don't care what happens. That's their answer. Well, we have no. I believe whatever I want to believe or whatever I don't want to believe. Screw with that. We have a we have another caller. So, hello, anonymous. Hi there. Uh, glad to be on the show. Uh, I'm really interested to ask the presidential candidate a question. Yes, go right ahead. Sure, go ahead. What's your name? Now, my name is Andrew. I'm calling from Africa. Um, Hi, I was just wondering. What are you planning to do or what are you looking at doing regarding the uh, what I could call the Kennedy issue, um, <laughs> which is a bit of a play on words, really, because Kennedy issued uh, banknotes, which were United States notes, not Federal Reserve notes, thereby solving the problem of the bankers, the international bankers holding control of the United States money supply, thereby being able to buy Congress, thereby being, thereby being able to control the entire country. So, uh, would you print your own greenbacks? Well, it's going to be a huge. This is where I stand with Rand Paul. He is another candidate who believes in liberty. He's a strong believer in liberty. And his, his stance on the audit of the Federal Reserve will reveal so many things. So, yes, I, I would stand But we already know the system is corrupt. I mean, if you just right, look at the right. math, I mean... Right. And, and, and you <laughs> have to pay for money. And I, I strong, you know, I stand with you on that for sure because when you dig into something like that, you know, just like Kennedy got in trouble with it, um, if you don't investigate... Yeah, Robert Steele already said that every single president that gets into office... Gets the talk oh, and the yeah, talk, of course. And the all the way back to, and the, yeah, it goes all the way back to Andrew Jackson. Yeah, every, every, mm-hmm. you know, central. Well, if, you, if you do that, if you, if you step out of line, we're going to assassinate you. So, yeah. like, you kind of have to overhaul the whole system, which is what Robert Steele is calling for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, Robert Steele's take on it. People should march on Washington and occupy Washington and essentially kick them out of Congress, put them in prison. Because everyone's going along with this uh, pumping out money that's a Federal Reserve note. Yeah. Now, and that's the problem. It is so intertwined with all the past Congresses, okay, going back way before Kennedy. You know, we're, we're talking back to World War One, And yeah. there is so much intertwining with the global elite status, as you talk of. And once you get that audit going... Just don't, just to get things started, things will start to implode on themselves. And I don't mean the money market. I don't mean uh, a, a global financial breakdown. But what I mean is those little intertwined things around the world will start giving themselves up. They'll start exposing themselves like, 
oh, wait a minute, I didn't do that. These people over here told me to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like playing the old game of tag, you're it. And you need to give up what you know. So you, you, well, you really have to go about it in a different way. Well, no, I will so I think that the, uh, I the will solution is not necessarily to, to... Go ahead, Anonymous. Go Sorry, ahead. go ahead. Pardon? Okay. Okay, I know okay. I just wanted to because... say the solution from my point of view... Sorry, yeah, I'm going all the way from Africa. That's probably it. Um, essentially, you know, you kind of probably have to decentralize, uh, create a hybrid, a hybrid economy. Well, here, here's the here's the problem I see. If you go back through American history, and being you asked that question, anonymous, I do say you probably know a little bit about American history. I won't assume how much. That's up to you to divulge. But if you look at every president that's either been attempted assassination, an attempted assassination, or has been outright assassinated, you find a certain pattern. You got Andrew Jackson that on his deathbed said he killed the bankers. The, he tried to do away with the central bank of his day, and they had two single-shot pistols to the stomach that misfired. I really think that was an act of God. That. They didn't kill him, and he he got rid of the central bank of his day. Then you fast forward to Abraham Lincoln. He brought out the greenback, which was constitutional debt-free money, and uh, you see what happened to him. And then you fast forward to John F. Kennedy. He does the same thing. He tries to get us out of these wars. He tries to get bring back the Lincoln greenback, lower taxes yeah. across the board, we see what happened to him, and then you go fast forward to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, by mo- no means, was perfect because he was a communist in a lot of ways, like with the education system. Yeah. But he brought he lowered taxes and was and was harming the central banks. That's where the problem lies. If we had constitutional debt-free money, and we went back to what the Constitution yeah. said on tariffs. On, on actually what taxes are, were supposed to be, we would have a booming economy. We'd be, we were the richest nation that has yeah. ever existed in the history of the world. But you don't. But the control system wants to enslave the world. So we got. But until the people realize that, what are you going to do? Well, what you got to do is build a better system. And I mean, Robert Steele's got it down. Um, yeah, he's got this uh, initiative going for open source intelligence, and it really does start with communication. Because if you don't have communication and uh, mass movement uh, systems, then you cannot create a second economy. You cannot create an alternative economy that actually works. And uh, all the tools are there to do it. Like um, economically, all of the states could secede or begin to secede tomorrow, economically speaking, if people started using an alternative trade system. And the alternative well, trade system can be built, and when people start realizing that the open source model works, then you can actually, you know, change that whole that whole system. But as long as everyone's kind of attached with this umbilical cord to the uh, Federal Reserve, you're never going to, in principle, be able to change Congress unless people storm it, which means civil war. Let's be let's be realistic. People are going to get hurt. The United States military is probably the biggest in the world. So. Yeah. That's my take on it. Yes, but now we did. You on it too. 
That is, I, I would like to know more about I mean, the yeah. trade system, but here's my thoughts. If we had a true free market system where you either made it or you failed, not this bailout crap, but you <clears throat> I don't like the the term that everybody calls it capitalism. No, if we go to a uh-huh. true free market, then I think we would be fine. But see, that's well, I think the, the free market has some inherent problems. The free market, so to speak, or the worldwide free market has some inherent problems. And, and what, what that is, is that if you look at like, the history of the econo- economy of Japan, um, you know, they had a, a form of cartel capitalism, but it was managed cartel capitalism. So it doesn't really matter what you call it. Uh, what matters is how the system is run and how systems within an ecosystem are run. So, you know, each state in the United States is essentially supposed to be an autonomous, uh, its own nation, like its own, its own state. Um, and everyone's united underneath one banner because the state's united and it has the option to secede. But uh, if economically people could determine what system they want to use within their own state and you utilized a, a balanced uh, system of, of how much is being produced locally and how much is being imported depending on the needs of the people, then people could actually thrive. And you could start doing that. Um, if you look at the reasons why Japan became very wealthy before they, uh, they messed everything up, if you, go, you can go watch the history of that. Um, there's documentaries on it. And you look at even what Putin's doing now. Putin is actually saying, we're, gonna, we're being sanctioned. We're getting sanctions against us. But let's close off. And anything that, that doesn't need to be brought in from outside, we're going to produce in Russia. So yes, within your economy, free trade. But as soon as you let free trade leave your boundaries, any other country that's being exploited by bankers will affect your your, your own economy and your ecosystem using being that they can manipulate that. And then when you've got people working for like, you know, two American cents an hour or whatever it is in in the sweatshops, you're not going to be able to compete as long as those imports are coming in. And also when people are paying too much for their quality of life, uh, you know, based on their own currency, they're going to say, well, why can we not have the uh, the imported T-shirts or whatever it is from from China, so you have to you have to you know change your your import duties etc. But the states need to do that. They need to do that on a local level, as opposed to doing as opposed to allowing this mass control. And the only way to do that is to economically secede. And to do that first, you need to start building sustainable environments uh, on the living side as well. And that's where you know there's a gentleman that I've been working closely with. He's come up with a fair tax plan. It's it's a fair tax slash federal sales tax, not you know not two taxes, but it's the combined tax system to where we will downsize the IRS, but at the same time, because eventually we won't really need the IRS. I mean, we're going to need the IRS to get these these plans yeah. going and implemented, but you know for some people to come in here and say, well, we're just going to abolish the IRS. That would be one of the biggest mistakes we've ever made. And yeah, yeah, no, sure. That's a, yeah, that's why you can't leave them alone, because they were dying anymore anyway. Uh, I would say you need a PRS, a People's Revenue Service for each individual state and town, and that needs to be managed by locally, uh, locally elected representatives within the smaller community. Because exactly. just like when you had tribal, tribal chiefs back in the uh, Native American uh, 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 groups that were in, originally in, in, in North America, uh, they, they took care of business on their own terms within their own tribes. 
And uh, they had, a, like with the Lampam belts and all the rest of it, they had very successful systems. Sometimes they attacked each other, but there are examples of very successful integrated systems of trade, etc. So, you know, um, going back to that once again, I think is the key, is really the key. I'd love to be able to keep in touch with you guys on this because I'd love to actually, you know, get some momentum for the United States to build a, uh, a solution because I'd like to see the uh, Icelandic, uh, something like the revolution of Iceland happen on an economic uh, level. Right. Well, now yeah, I, please now, stay in touch. You know, look us up on uh, Facebook or whatever you want to do. Now, I disagree. Okay, well, what is your because opinion? I love your opinion. You know, and I, I have friends in uh, New Zealand and Australia, uh, England and Canada, and I want that outside view looking in. Because now, I can now, show I that to other people yeah. and speak yeah. about it and... And it really helps. It really does. And I, I appreciate everything that you brought tonight. But how do we keep in touch with Eric Moore and how do we keep in touch with the show? Oh, this now. This well, I have a Facebook of, page. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you now on Blog Talk, Reach Out America, this is Voice of the People. Normally, Bobby feels it is, this is his show, but he asked me to fill in. Um, he's <laughs> on every Saturday night, 7 to 9 o'clock Eastern six o'clock central so whatever time it is there for you we only have 34 minutes left for the show so it's just that two hour window so if you go an hour and a half earlier to what it is now for you then just yeah. mark it on your time uh, my show starts thursday which is the rights of the few and it's on the same network the, the world integrity news network okay it's up to now, me brian yeah, totally up to you. But with your your uh, show coming up, mm-hmm. how about we get Andrew on one of your shows where he can talk about his economic ideas and plans from the outside of you looking into the United States and into the Federal Reserve. That'd be a pretty good show. We we can we can do that. That ain't a problem. Uh, it'll be next Thursday, seven to nine awesome. Eastern. Now, but this is where my disagreement lies. If you go back through our history, what made this country the wealthiest country was we were not taxed, okay? You should go look up a video. It's on YouTube called the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. Now, it's an hour-and-a-half documentary, and what he explained in that documentary, this guy was a CPA in New Jersey. And he was doing the books for New Jersey. And he's going through all the numbers, and he calls the governor's office. The governor just happened to be on vacation. So he talks to her secretary and says, I'm, I don't have such and such and such reports. And she says, so can you send me everything? She says, oh, you need the comprehensive annual financial report. Okay, that sounds good. Send it to me. So... What he discovered was there is every level of our government through taxation, they're taxing the people and creating slush funds. He said by his estimate that it don't matter if it's your local town council all the way up to the U.S. government. They are taking the tax money, reinvesting it, and putting it in slush funds. He said, by his estimates, yeah. we have $65 trillion in those slush funds 
that if they would just invest it on a mere 5% return on investment, we could in 10 years do away with the IRS completely and pay for everything. But that is not what they want to do. <clears throat> I think it was George Washington sure. who said it best. The power to tax is the power to destroy. Who does it destroy? It destroys the free market. It destroys the people's wealth. An economy cannot thrive on taxation. Yeah. Now, I know I got a friend that lives in the Netherlands. And, and like you said, Eric, we have friends that live overseas where they're used to living a certain way like he like he lives in the Netherlands, all the medical expenses are paid, everything's paid, it's kind of a real socialist system. It sounds good, but the problem is, is your work goes into paying for their stuff. That's what they're trying to develop here. That does not build wealth. This guy is a computer programmer that could come over here, not have to pay all those taxes, and make a lot of money. But over there, he makes it week to week. That's the difference. Well, I think we need to my take, problem lies. Yeah. I hear you, but I think we need to take a little bit of wisdom on that because, you know, you can look at the Ayn Rand kind of philosophy uh, of objectivism and say, well, okay, we don't want what you just said. We don't want to pay anybody else's way in the world, right? And we can take that to its, its final outcome and say, okay, you'd end up being the elite <laughs> through enough generations. If you were the ones that were really working hard, et cetera, you'd, be, you'd end up in a situation that we're currently in, microchipping everybody and getting them to be your slave because you've gone to the final conclusion of that. Or you could say, okay, well, let's just be socialist, but we're in the same direction, um, where basically through socialism, everyone's, you're in the same kind of, you're going through it right now. We get the same conclusion. It's all the problem. But then if we take a bit of wisdom and say, okay, uh, there was some guy in history, um, uh, you know, he said, um, the poor will always be with you. There's always going to be some people that were slightly, you know, they were born with slightly less or, you know, opportunity or it's just because we live in an in ecosystem and in those ecosystems there's anomalies. So now, how do you make provision for that without actually, uh, you know, going either into socialism or into this absolute kind of, well, it's all for me and it's only mine? And because otherwise, either way, you're going to have someone's going to attack you at some point. Hey, look over there! They've got the nice cows and they've got the green fields, and you're just sitting here with this empty. Like, well, we don't have any education. We've got nothing. Let's attack them. If you've got masses of people that have nothing, they're going to attack you. So how do you how do you deal with that? Well. Here's how. Here's how. It, I don't want to sound. I, I just want to get to the to the actual point though. When you look back in history, I don't want to get sound religious, but there was this uh, this, this story about the order of Melchizedek, this priest or ruler, whatever he was, who was Melchizedek, basically said, "Let's forgive this." So in other words, you know, people get unhappy enough after seven years of paying off debt, so they don't really want to get back into debt. But at the same time, they're not jumping over your wall, stealing your television set because they're starving, because the debt has been forgiven after seven years. There is a logical way, and there was also the tithe, but the tithe was for those people that, 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 had, that couldn't pay off their debt. For the, it was a 10% or a 20 or I think it was 12% of your paying in cash. And, and therefore, there was tax, but it was just enough to keep rising up and trying to 
and at the same time giving them a leg up to saying become to say become productive. So it's not communism, but it's a, kind of like a form of socially responsible capitalism. Right. Thanks, well, thanks for giving me out. Here's my answer to it. There's a couple of different things. Now, one, I am a Christian, and the Bible says if you do not work, you do not eat. But it's not so cold-hearted mm-hmm. as in if you are able to work, you should work. Don't get me wrong. But see, mm-hmm. what happened is if you go through the Bible, the Bible commanded the church to take care of the fatherless and the widows. Mm-hmm. It was the church's responsibility to do that, not the government's, because mm-hmm. government will not ever fix the problem. you got a bunch of men and women yeah. in government that see, ooh, we can get all this money, so let's create sure. more reasons to get the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's big government. That's why Robert Steele says he's a panarchist. It's not anarchist. It's panarchist with a P. Because what that is, it's de-government where people can choose the kind of government that they want. And I would call myself a sort of a geographical panarchist. And, and that's just a phrase that I just made up now. But essentially what that means is I don't believe in panarchy across the board because there's too much there's too much interconnection of people to have a panarchy that might actually work, in my opinion. But if you wanted to have panarchy in a small sort of like multiple towns or multiple village environments or even uh, multiple states where each state uh, determines its own form of government or, you know, town might, each town might uh, choose their own form of government, you know, I believe that it might work if everyone's willing to follow particular certain guide- guidelines like the immigration principle. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, there are ways to decentralize, but it's going to take probably a couple of generations. Well, what I've that, learned... And that's where I, you know, that's where I tell people, Andrew, is I, I've never been a politician in my life, but I've always followed politics. I've been, you know, ever since mm-hmm. the days of Ron Reagan and, and uh, Richard Nixon and Carter and so on. And I really started paying attention, you know, thanks to the great parents I had and the, some of the great teachers that made me pay attention and say, hey, look, okay, you know, you're not old enough to vote yet, but pay attention to what goes on here. And my part of my plan is with my campaign, and my numbers are growing, you know, nothing like Trump, of course, because I don't have media, but the plan is a non political person who's not I have no interest in corporations or special interest or anything like that. I am a my banner is American trucker for president. But that's to prove the point that a, a blue collar worker like me can do just as good a job as any attorney or a judge or a CEO and probably do a better job with a better point of view that helps the common good for the commonwealth of the people. And to put somebody like me or me myself in that position of president, it'll throw a wrench into the into the into the machine. It'll be like, whoa, wait a minute, how the heck did this happen? And this will be a slap because our media is so sickening anymore over here, Andrew. You know, I, it, maybe you see it too. In the, in the well, you see, yeah, I agree with you. So I agree with you on that. And they, they don't actually, uh, they don't actually uh, game. I mean, they, we, 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 I think anyone with, with a brain can see, or somebody that's actually looked at it with their brain 
can see that uh, the government, like Obama right now, he doesn't really make his own decisions. He makes decisions based on what his overlords tell him to do. I know that sounds sensational. Yeah. What I'm saying is sensational. But, you know, Wall Street essentially dictates a lot of what happens. The special interests that want oil dictate what happens. So, yeah, I mean, that's the problem. It's, it's actually a, it's a corporate you know, it's a corporate entity that, that works on behalf of its, of its uh, holding company. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the media. The media is on as well. And, and I try to keep, because like right now, you know, I grew up in a farming community, and our farmers are really getting slammed right now, and our trucking industry is getting slammed, and, you know, all mm-hmm. the, most of the businesses that start out as a small business, as an entrepreneur or an inventor, they're just getting wiped out. And, Mm-hmm. I, I try to get through to them, guy. I, I tell them, I'm the one that's been in the trenches with you. I have the calluses on my hands and the blood, sweat, and tears that have soaked this land for almost 300 years now. To I represent, and you know, I am a patriot, and I'm part of the greatest generation, and I'm a direct descendant of the greatest generation. And I'm trying to show the connection between our first greatest generation which I refer to as far back as our Native American chiefs that helped with uh, get us to the free market system, you know, with barter, bartering here and trading for this and trading for that, which led to free market here in the United States. You know, it was just a basis for commerce. You know, it was it was not this grand, grandiose thing that we see nowadays, speaking of billions and trillions of dollars but it was just a basis on how you can work together to promote prosperity and commerce for all people involved. And, you know, you hear everybody talking about the top 1%, the top 3%, they want to attack them. Sure, there's, since the inception of man, there's greed. And they want to note people that believe in the free market system here now or capitalism, free market capitalism, that they're all greedy. Like, no, that's why we have rules and regulations to police the greed. But then greed grows within Congress on those trying to protect the greediest ones of all. Yeah, that's why I think you you should start two websites. You'll really really set things back and like, wait a minute, this guy's not playing the same ball game as we are Mm -hmm. because many, and I've told people here, you haven't heard me say this, there will be people going to jail once I get to Washington, D.C., because treason mm-hmm. is treason. And we found out many are aiding and abetting the enemy, such as ISIS and al-Qaeda and the Taliban. And Right, but I mean, like, okay, I think, okay, first of all, I think you should do, I think that's a great, what, great what you've said, um, a lot of the stuff, but I think you should have two websites, like, or two campaigns. One should be American Trucker for Presidents, and another one, maybe, perhaps, if you go and look, at it, look into it and you want to do it, would be American Trucker for Panarchy. Because, you know, if you look at the system, I mean, it really is what made America great to start out with before it became a union and became so centralized and, and corrupted. Um, so, you know, it's basically like just going back to the individual state model. And, uh, yeah, um, I... It's uh, it's interesting to see what you what you're doing. I think you could create your own mass media network as well. Uh, why not create? Yeah, we're, we're looking network? into that. Yeah, we're really looking. I mean, that. I actually work with satellites. 
Um, I also work with, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm selling something now on the radio show, but if you want to, I'll just put my email into the, uh, the, 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 the chat. If you want to find out about how to get onto satellite and create your own satellite channels uh, okay. where people can actually do their own broadcasting. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> there's somebody in a, in a sawmill. It sounds like there's, a, there's like a saw, a sawmill or something going. I will say this. Like well, I'm just in the back. I think I'll, Eric needs to start. <laughs> I think Eric, you need to start your own YouTube channel for your presidential. Put your thoughts on there and all of that. Okay, I got your. Uh, I got your email address. I will send that to Eric now. Well, that's, you know, my YouTube channel is going to come about because that's going to be part of our town hall series. It's going to be called American Soil and the Greatest Generation. And I had some posts the other day about that. I'm starting out in the Midwest so far. I've already been invited out to California. Uh, Gil Martinez, he's had a few videos. Uh, super guy, super guy. He's already invited me out to Los Banos, California, and I'm trying to. I've been working with my campaign manager to help get me there at a time of like about a harvest festival where there's going to be a lot of people in town, or you know, something like that. And because that's where you start creating, you know, you rebuild your community with unity, and. Mm-hmm. Just to get them to look outside the box, you know, forget about Trump, forget about all these other jerks that are running for, mm-hmm. you know, let's get a working man up there that's been in the trenches a lot of doing the work that the American people do. You know, not one of these people have a callus on their hand. So that's important, and that's what I really try to get through to people. Yeah, I think, I think you might be able to team up with Robert, Robert pretty well because Robert's got the technological approach, and you've got the heart behind it. Um, so I think that maybe you should give Robert Steele a buzz. He does actually take emails. Uh, he's got 5B.io there, if you uh, Google that. Uh, he's also got OSS.net. Um, and he's, and he's really, he ran for office, I think, in, in, in the last election. And uh, he did get some stuff done. So, you know, he wanted to put together a team. And he didn't get as far as he would have liked. So maybe you should just, maybe you should connect with him to just check out some of his open source intelligence uh, research. Okay, I appreciate that. Cool, it's, it's been a pleasure to be with you guys. I didn't, yeah, appreciate the call. Yeah, we we're we really, ideas too. Yeah, we're really glad to have you. Well, please send me an email. I'd love to be able to chat with you some more. And uh, you know, if you guys would like to build the uh, the decentralized alternative for people to be able to trade without using the US dollar, but being able to actually have value attached to that particular. Uh, you know, whatever they want to use or call their currency. Uh, it is doable. It's been doable for a while now, and it's based on decentralized cloud servers, uh, which is actually more secure than the, than the regular banking system, if you ask me. Uh, so, yeah, so do you get it? Oh, that's weird. got something bleeding through. Uh, it's breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, who was that? I don't know. That was strange. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know. Andrew, can you hear that? There's a bleed over. From uh, I can hear it. It's, it's like those uh, in a coat or something. 
that's crazy. That's the first time I heard that. I meant to tell Brian he don't know this yet, but uh, there's a <laughs> this guy looked me up about two weeks ago, and I've been checking him out, and it's a true story. He is a former campaign manager for Ronald Reagan, and he's volunteered his services to me. He goes, oh wow, wow, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it blew me out of the water. But there's so many scammers. I really checked them out, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's it's true. Uh, he's he's legitimate, and he goes, you know, I'm not joining you because you think that you're a Ron Reagan because I don't. And uh, but he knows how much I love the man. But you know, I go, and I understand how you know he made mistakes as well. But he was. You know, and I told me and Brian don't see the eye, eye to eye with him sometimes. But I, you know, what Brian says about him is true as well. But he is one of our most recent founding fathers, and and I'm trying to get our young people to look at it like that as well. As long as long as uh, with uh, Jack Kennedy and Martin Luther King are uh, our most recent founding fathers as well. It just depends on how you look at them mm-hmm. and what their vision was, because their vision, mm-hmm. excuse me, was perfectly aligned in where Reagan left off, you know, where Kennedy yeah. left off when he was assassinated, where King left off where he was assassinated, and then where Reagan left off with winning the Cold War. Say, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It's part of the vision. It goes all the way back to the founding fathers, if you look at it correctly. And that's my vision. You know, I'm not saying I'm this great visionary person, but that's my vision for pushing America forward because so many think it's too late for America. They've given up their faith. They've given up their hope in God. and They've given up their hope in this country. And I haven't, and I never will. And... Once I start leading that direction, the people will follow. They're going to say, wait a minute, this guy this guy does have a vision. He has a solution on things that we can do, yeah. and we can just keep moving forward. That's, that's the whole well, point. Well, I think the key here is what, line, you, what you need for, for the media is you need a crowdfunded media campaign. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean the mainstream networks because there's more people on alternative media and YouTube right now than anywhere else. And if you get some YouTube stars on your side, like for example, if you were able to get, and I mean the name is crazy, but if you were able to get PewDiePie, <laughs> which yeah, is one, he's, yeah. he's like one of the, he's the most popular YouTube channel guy, um, onto your like campaign and just to say, hey, this guy's got cool ideas, you can immediately have something like around maybe 50 million young people hearing about hearing about your campaign. So there are other ways to be able to get awareness. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what my current campaign manager, uh, Sean Mead, it drives him crazy. And uh, I was hoping he was going to call in tonight, but he might be listening. But I go, I got, I start out small. I start with the radio stations and blog radio, and I'm starting out with some local radio stations in St. Louis and um, Kansas City. And I've got some dates with Liberty Radio News coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get on coast to coast as well, but well, coast to coast is pretty big. Yeah, yeah, and plus, you know, George, he's a hometown. You know, he likes the hometown hero type stuff. So, and uh, I've talked to him before about stuff. And, you know, he might just bring me on the show. I don't know. We'll find out. 
Have you heard of a documentary called Rich Man's Trick? This is a profound documentary. I think they've had about 1.5 million views plus since they released. It's all about Kennedy and what really went down and why he was really taken out. On on Kennedy? Yeah, it's Rich Man's Trick. It's a documentary by, I think, a United Kingdom um, resident. Um, but it, it's a profound, it's a profound documentary because it goes right back into the Bush family, uh, how one of the Bush family uh, actually, uh, I think it was the Bush's grandfather, uh, George Bush Jr.'s grandfather. Uh, you know, they, they speak about certain things like William Banking Corporation. I think that was the name of the bank, how they were sending money to uh, help Hitler and that kind of stuff. Uh, apparently, I mean, I need, you need to go back into it to uh, to actually find the facts, but um, but it's it's profound stuff, and uh, I think that if you go into in touch with filmmakers like that, you might be able to put together a very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm, you might I'm be able to get a very good. I know a lot of those, a lot of the shows on President Kenny. I've, I've been to Dealey Plaza, and uh, it's a humbling moment when you go down there. And <clears throat> excuse me getting cool here and um yeah i will make sure i watch that because i'm really into uh, the kennedy family stuff going back to honey fitz kennedy and joe kennedy i just love our history you know our history is not perfect but i love our history and you know now that that link we have now that link you sent is that yeah okay Wow. Yeah, and the guy just put it out on the web for free, and it, it goes into how the mafia was involved in Kennedy's assassination. It goes into how, uh, you know, the, the, the rulers of the time, the bankers and so forth, uh, had to get rid of Kennedy, obviously, because he printed his own, his own greenbacks. He printed his United States notes, which were debt-free. And uh, it goes into the reasons, uh, like, for example, why World War II happened and how Ford Motor Company was making tanks for Hitler and that kind of stuff. Right. It's a pretty crazy history. It's a pretty crazy, uh, like, the truth, truth is stranger than fiction. So, yeah, I thought I'd throw that in there because uh, you should get in touch with him and find out if you could do a documentary with him. Right. It's, yeah, it, 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 the truth so is stranger than fiction, that's for sure. Sometimes I wish I could... I mean, you could do a presidential... You could do a campaign around the rich man's trick documentary. Don't get tricked by the rich man again. Right. Yeah, well, the, the trick is, is they here, want more money. Andrew. Go ahead, Eric. The is, there's so many JFK conspiracy theorists with so many different conspiracies, and it opens up a can mm-hmm. of snakes. Like, you know, I've been on a lot of the web pages and stuff, too. I'm like, okay, the aliens, the, yeah. the aliens killed President Kennedy because he knew about the... The, uh, the space camp on the dark side of the moon. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I better. I watch thousands. I watch. Yeah. I, I hear you. I watch thousands of hours of YouTube. And I mean, in terms of this guy's research, it's not just his research. It's like the culmination of the, uh, you know, like 50 plus years research since Kennedy was uh, assassinated. And, uh, uh, I mean, he's taken it from all of the different books that were written, et cetera, and actually, and eyewitness testimonies, et cetera, et cetera, and compiled all of the stuff, uh, right. you know, with, you know, 
special service people, etc., coming forward. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't think it was amazing. Um, but then again, you know, use your own discretion because it can actually be a deal breaker. A lot of people don't like conspiracies. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance out there. So at the end of the day, you've got to decide what's best for your campaign. Because they do, they 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 will uh, they will use any kind of catchphrase in the book <laughs> to label you as a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I'm just thinking outside the box. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I will say, a lot of people don't they don't even understand language. Conspiracy, all that means, the basic simple definition is to plan. If I go and meet go to their yeah. house and he wants me to do a job at his house, then we conspire to do a job, to get, you know, and he will, there will be a reward for me doing the job. That is you, that is a conspiracy by definition, okay? That's why in the criminal codes you have conspiracy charges. When you have more than one person conspire to do the event. So, when people look at the conspiracy theory, you're just putting out a theory of who conspired and what the events were. And that's what people don't get. Right. Exactly. Right. I think, I think they came up with a conspiracy theory catchphrase during Litigate. I might be wrong. But, um, yeah, essentially they really use that phrase a lot to be able to just you know, shut anybody down that tries to speak about a potential conspiracy. And it's amazing how it seems to work because, uh, you know, people um, don't really want to have to believe that there's a conspiracy going on. So that, that, that the fear factor works in, in their favor, definitely. Oh, yeah. How are we on time, Brian? Are we okay? We're, we're almost done. we got about five minutes left. We've got six minutes left. Well, thanks, so guys, for having me on the show. I'll let you guys finish up. I really appreciate it. And look, Andrew, you, uh, Andrew, if you want to come back on, just come Thank back you. anytime. We, we have shows uh, every day of the week. Almost every day is from 7 to 9 and 9 to 11, except on Saturday. The 9 to 11 show doesn't happen. It comes on at uh, during the day from 1 to 3. Okay. So, Okay, so uh, thanks so much, guys, yeah. and I wish yeah, I wish you all the best. Thanks for joining us. Right, you Thank too, you. Andrew. Take care. Bye. Bye. Mike is still there? Nope. he dropped off. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. I have to say, See, tonight was know, a pretty good show. That is a perfect example. That Andrew calling in. That was yeah. a perfect example of the people that I've been reaching out to. And, they, and just out of the blue, they'll contact me on Facebook or my email, and we just get a discussion going like that. And it's just so amazing, you know, some of the people that I've met that started my campaign in 2014, that, that outside view looking in is so important right now. Yeah, and yeah. And the I, peril that we're in. And I do, and I do agree with that. That's the thing people don't realize is the rest of the world is watching America, as in the American people, and they're saying, "What is wrong with y'all? Can't you see what's going on?" Because most of these people in these other countries, they recognize a dictatorship because most other countries are one. 
And well, they everybody have one close by. Yeah, and they're sitting back saying, are y'all going to wake up? But most people don't care. All they care about is the newest iPhone, which just got just came out. I hate to see what happens September 25th when it gets released. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But they they want the new shiny gadget. Ooh, squirrel, you know, that ADHD thing. <laughs> I mean, but they don't right. want to be involved. Well, it's, you know, you know it would be a perfect example is that have a presidential debate, debate that same night they're going to have a an infomercial for the iPhone and see yeah, who gets hey, the biggest rating. <laughs> I'd say you're probably one of the first president. You'll be one of the first presidential candidates to go on their uh, radio show over there, I think, because all the other ones are pretty much talking to the mainstream. They're not doing nothing with the alternative media that I've heard. Uh, Rand Paul is a little bit. He's really yeah. reaching out on that. You know, he's really reaching out on the smaller programs and yeah. uh, doing pretty good at it. You know. He's playing it smart, you know. He's laying back, you know. He'll he'll base the facts to Trump, and Trump is speechless. There I'm is a do this. I'm gonna do that. Well, there is a story. I'm gonna have to go find it, okay? And I'll have to send it to you because if this story's true, and like I said, I'm not gonna tell you what it's about because I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. I think if if Trump is what we think, what I think he is, is just there to kill all the opposition to help uh, a third-term Obama, be it through uh, Biden or someone, or Hillary, because, you know, Hillary's not going to go to jail, then this story, if it comes out, will destroy Trump, and they'll wait to the last minute. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's like I told you. As soon as he signed that pledge to the party, ninety seconds. They got control over him now. Well, we're we have to go. So it was nice having you, Eric, and you have a wonderful evening. And anytime you want to come on my show on Thursdays, come on. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course I'll be over. I'll come visit. I'll be talking okay. uh, off the airways. Okay. And God bless. 60 God bless seconds. America. We can turn this around if people just believe. Yep. So you have a good day, and I will talk to you later. All right. Good night, brother. You too, brother. World Integrity News Network. You have been listening to Reach Out America, Voice of the People, and this is Brian Robertson, guest hosting for Bobby. And we hope Bobby feels better. Kind of missed him tonight. And everyone, have a good night. Ten seconds. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.